Welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, my name is Alan Collins. I'm the partner who heads up the abuse team at Hugh James, and I'm joined by my colleagues, Hannah Hodson and Danielle Vincent. Hi, Danny. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Alan. Welcome to this latest edition of the podcast that's brought to you by the team at Hugh James. Before we get underway, I need to remind you that the content of these podcasts often deals with very sensitive and upsetting matters. And so if you feel that you may be troubled by this podcast, now's the time to switch off and go and do something else. Otherwise, please do stay with us. In this latest edition, we are going to be talking about sexual abuse in the Scout movement. Now, as an opener, I need to stress that the Scout movement is extremely popular and is extremely important for lots of young people. It is very worthwhile, very important. And so I do not want anyone listening to think that we are in some way rubbishing the Scout movement because we're not. That is the last thing that we intend to do. But we are discussing a recently reported case that concerns the sexual abuse of children by a Scout leader who has recently been jailed. And the Scout leader is named Jonathan Wibby, and he has been convicted having abused a boy and a girl after meeting them at a scout camp in 1997. And he has been sent to prison for 16 years. And the police have praised with his victims and said that the 42-year-old would have remained a danger to children had they not spoken out about his offending. So we must always recognise it's a big ask for victims and survivors to come forward and to give evidence at court about extremely sensitive and troubling matters. They are, at the end of the day, victims of serious crimes. So having given that sort of introduction, so to speak, as a team over the years, we have represented many people who were abused whilst members of the Scouts. And there are particular themes with these cases. And I'm sure, Danny, you would agree with me that one of the themes is, is that the abuser seems to have been able to really abuse the position of trust that they are placed in, in order to access their intended victims and to abuse them. Yeah, you're, you're right, Alan. I mean, it's a, it's a position of trust in, in this case and in other cases that we, we've dealt with scout leaders, you know, that this is a regular contact with an individual, especially younger children all the way up. You're going, you meet these people, they become a real role model to you. You know, they're taking you away. You're going to exciting things as a young child. You're going perhaps your first experience of camping or whatever that may be. Someone who's teaching you a skill set, you know, scouts go abroad. So it, it really is an adult looking after someone in a position of trust. And in that respect, the abuse could go over years. 
Yes, it, it, and again, I, one needs to be careful not to generalise. These scout leaders are often put on some kind of pedestal. They almost seem to be untouchable. There's often more than one victim, and the sexual abuse often does not come to light for decades, which is extraordinary, but in one sense, but not extraordinary when you realise how these people are sort of idolised and become sort of untouchable. And, you know, if I can't think of a better word, you know, to describe it, they just seem to be immune until until that immunity sort of gets broken by someone coming forward and making the complaint and being prepared to follow through with it. And also, of course, the other theme, of course, is that a lot of this sort of goes on in plain sight. Yeah. Scout camps camping trips and often the victim or victims you know they go to the leader's house that's a common scenario yeah and often with these cases you know it's not one incident is it it's multiple you know it happens Mm. a lot of the time and I mean these cases are just horrifying Um, it doesn't matter how many cases of these you see they're still just desperately shocking and and upsetting and as Danny say people drop their kids off to these clubs they're very popular as you say Alan and you know the kids look up to these people because they are teaching them things you know as you say idolizing them so it's just completely disgusting and I know with this case with Whiffy and Nottingham he showed absolutely no remorse they were they seem to convince themselves that what they're doing is quote unquote normal or not wrong or well it's very difficult to you know try and get behind the justification because it doesn't make any kind of sense but that's how I suppose they function. And the sad reality of this is is that you know scouts, brownies, guides, all of these things uh, through the generations from you know your generations Alan upwards you know these are still exciting and enjoyable things by, by many many people in the local area lots of adults enjoy teaching passing down skills to younger children and, and children really love doing it and especially mm. when we're in an economy where everything is very expensive and the cost of living crisis you know I'm sure parents love the idea of their children being able to do something in a safe community and actually getting skills that will last them throughout life but you know you then have situations like we're talking about often cases where it's not till decades later that you find that an individual has been you know prolific abuser and abused many many individuals and sadly because of this position of trust you know often a a survivor thinks they are the only individual that it's happened to so wrongly often they think that they've encouraged it or they're to blame or it was their fault because they gaslit into thinking this and it's only when one person discloses that perhaps many others in the local area will see it in the press they disclose and you realize that this individual has abused so many people so often somebody's living with this for decades in, in silence and haven't told anyone yes and uh, and people may say oh well this is you know way back in 1997 or whatever maybe and i'm sure like lots of organisations, safeguarding and vetting has improved enormously. But it'd be very complacent to think that these sorts of things can't happen again or are not not happening today. It'd be very, very naive, if not complacent, to think that. And I think these cases serve as a reminder that people and organisations should not rest on their laurels and simply say, oh, well, this was a couple of decades ago. It couldn't happen today. 
because we know from the cases that we see that unfortunately these things do still happen and that there are people out there who want to abuse um, children, whether we like it or not. We can pretend that these people don't exist, but they do. And I think it just serves as a reminder. And on a sort of personal note, I was in the Cubs and Scouts, but I became of a certain age where I became to start to get a little bit conscious of my surroundings more. And I didn't like it because it was all male and there was favourites. Fortunately, I wasn't a favourite. Um, and um, and I'm not saying anything untowards happened. I've never heard of anything untowards happening, but I just didn't like the atmosphere. And I can remember saying to my parents, I don't want to go anymore. And they respected my my decision. It just didn't feel right. And I think we have to remember that children's antennae are usually sharper than an adult's because we go through life, we get conditioned and our antennae become blunted and we see things but then choose to ignore them. Whereas with children, they are still of an age where they haven't been conditioned, so to speak. And I think these cases serve as a reminder that children can be a lot more perceptive than the adults. And so I think for all sorts of reasons, particularly the reasons that we've just discussed, this case of Withy just serves as a very sharp reminder that we should never be complacent and always listen to children. Well, as as you know, Alan and Hannah, we we obviously had Shiana and Lucy on the podcast. We did we did two podcasts with them from yours and scouting. And, you know, they've raised many same concerns that, that we have. And one of their main goals from setting up the website is that, you know, there is accountability within the scouts and people within the position of trust and that there should be monitoring and safeguarding and there should be clear escalation in that situation one of the things that they wanted was you you know safeguarding officers for each sort of platoon or whatever you would call each organization because yeah yeah. yeah yeah um you know, and any of our podcast listeners that are listening, you, you can either go back and listen to that podcast or they have a website, Yours in Scouting, and that also gives a number of testimonials about people that have suffered similar things. And, and some of those are, are very recent. So, you know, we may be talking about this from the 90s, but actually not to say that this is still not a significant issue right now. No, good. OK, thanks for that. And to make the point again, we're not criticising the Scout movement because the Scout movement does a lot of good for lots of young people. But we've spoken about this particular case today because it serves as a very sharp reminder as to what can happen and that we are not to be complacent. So thanks, Hannah. Thanks, Danny. As always, if you have any questions or concerns about the content of this podcast or any of our podcasts or you just want to talk to us, please do get in touch. Otherwise, join us next time. So it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Hannah and it's goodbye from Danny. Bye, listeners. Bye, listeners. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify or your favourite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk